Welcome to Podcasters, the unofficial after show of the Netflix series Wrestlers. Presented by the OBW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Today we will cover episode three of Wrestlers entitled Faces and Heels. And there will be spoilers and everything that happens. Before we get into the episode, what were your thoughts on this episode in five words, Tiny Brian? Oh, um, a lot. Really, really a lot. Wait, that was like seven. I can't count words. But it was a lot. Now you're at like 12. Yes. Brian, Hines, B. Hines. Uh, heaviest of the heavy. Yeah. Um, I, if, I don't know if I can do five, but I can do one. Um, this, is, this is a bummer. Like this episode yeah. is a bummer. I mean, uh, it's not like the last episode ended on a on a big hit anyway. No, no, no that was like the beginning of the the plot well, turn. They, yeah, they pulled the wool, you know, they pulled the rug out from under us because they had worked so hard and they built it up like it was going to be such a good show and they were going to do so well, and then they did not do well, unfortunately, in the measure of money. So, yeah, very sad. And, yeah, the, the, the sad continues throughout this whole episode. So, uh, so I guess uh, nothing to do but to, to get into it. Let's jump into it. So before we do that, we are going to take a quick break, and we will be right back. And we're back. What a fun break. Wasn't that a lot of fun? That seven seconds was really just it was, the best. It was, I felt like I had a chance to breathe, and it was so. Welcome back, viewers or listeners. You can be viewers. We have a camera now. Either so. or. Whoever you are, welcome back. So we opened this week in a real uh, a place that's real important to me as a, a person from the Appalachian Mountains. We've lost my fellow mountain person, Victor, for this episode. He uh, He's not able to join us, but... Uh, yeah, Harlan, I uh, I spent my, I spent three years commuting back and forth between where I grew up in Pike County and uh, where, actually, where Matt's from in Pineville in Bell County, where I went to school. And I would go home every weekend, and that trip always took me through Harlan. And it is sad and beautiful and scary, as mountain towns often are. I have a couple of friends from that area, and there's... The amount of love and dedication that people from Appalachia, Harlan, Whitesburg, et cetera, et cetera, have for their hometown and their culture is unmatched. Yeah. It, it, All Kentuckians are proud, maybe no, none more so than our friends to the east. Yeah, Appalach- I, I, it, it has been said before that Appalachian Kentuckians are the most Kentucky Kentuckians. In that you know we are we are kind of like concentrated Kentuckian. It's like all of the all of the Kentucky things just distilled down and made more, I don't know, deadly maybe. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, well, it, if you believe them about the polk salad, oh no, you should definitely believe them about the polk salad. Uh, it will kill you if they make if you make it wrong. And uh, my favorite thing about it high is that high risk, it, high reward. High risk, high reward. My fa- and there are legends about it because as it's explained in the show, if you mine or if you do logging and tear up the land poke salad will grow there like hey thanks for coming to our land would you would you like a fresh green salad of death of death (laughs) so it's pretty great why couldn't it be like bacon or something i don't want bacon to be deadly wash no 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 i don't want bacon to be deadly because that would be catastrophic awful instead of poke salad springing up everywhere why couldn't it be just beautiful crispy maple flavored bacon see my initial response would be because it would eventually rot and start to smell but who would leave bacon if it was just growing wild no there would one be teams of people out there to and collect if, it if you're gonna die by diet i would rather have bacon than pulk salad yeah some uh some nasty looking greens because that's all it ever looked like to me growing up was some mm-hmm. nasty looking greens so yeah, but they're in, they're in Harlan and Harlan is celebrating and and there's nothing like a mountain town for a a, a little fair day and a little a little party, um, and so for the first time oh and look at Matt wearing those purple shoes I think we've commented on them before, he brings his mom his mom comes to this first so what do we feel about the how do we feel about the inclusion of of Karen former Commonwealth Attorney Karen in this. Uh, this is the beginning of Matt trying to, uh, from the point of view of the series, trying to get baby-faced, basically. 
And given how this episode ends, which we'll get to, you know, at the conclusion of our recap, sure. um, very uh, tactfully done, you know, to show kind of show more uh, than one side of this guy. Right. Yeah. And he and, and, you know, as someone who listens to him, you know, I'm one of those people who listens to Matt just about every day. Oh, and can we talk about the fact that Matt is also basically our narrator? Like, for, for a majority of this episode, yeah. And, and well, and even, like, a, a different times, we basic, they basically take KSR and cut. Welcome back. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and that, my favorite thing is it'll, because, he, he, you know, Matt does the thing where he's like, Ryan, what do you think about this thing? And they'll, they'll, they'll use his setups, and he'll, he'll, you know, he'll be talking, there's a big match this weekend. Ryan, what do you think about that big match? And then we never get to hear what Ryan says. And that makes me a little sad. But, yeah, he is basically our narrator at, by this point because of all of the things he says on KS, KSR. It's just easy to pull. We start to see kind of more of the extended cast of OVW here um, as we kind of dig more into the live shows. Um, they get bundles, Reverend Ronnie, which we've seen a couple of times, uh, Big Whiskey, Jared Kripke, um, kind of more of the people that we haven't, we haven't been introduced to on a personal level yet. The yeah, they didn't, get a, they didn't get an opening thing in the first episode mm-hmm. where we met our, our, ba- our faces and heels. So as a, as a person from the mountains, and now I do have to kind of stand here and be that person in a lot of this, when they're cutting back and forth between the wrestlers and, and all of the things they're doing and then cutting back to the, the old uh, clips of the mining industry from the 60s, mm-hmm. And, you know, times when, you know, when I was a kid in the mountains, it, times weren't hard. There, there was moments when, you know, everybody was working and, you know, everybody got a new bike for Christmas. And then it would just stop in, in the course of a month and everyone would suddenly lose their jobs and the whole region would change in a week. And it's just insane. And, you know, that's there's a there's definitely, you know, they're making the connection between the the perils of professional wrestling and the perils of just living in this community mm-hmm. and i think it's a valid connection that they're making as someone from that part of the world well and just kind of too i noticed that when they're kind of interspersing the classic mining clips and then they're interspersing it with ovw classic ovw clips all of the clips are about destruction it's a chair shot it's a table it's someone mm-hmm. going through a table i wonder if that was intentional but maybe as a kentuckian and knowing that area and you know knowing the hardships of that area i did think that it was interesting that when they're making the comparison every time you see a wrestler it's complete destruction Mm -hmm. much like you know the process of mining coal sure yeah even those dudes who are just standing there by that by the coal going up the the line they're all getting black lung even if they don't look like they're getting Mm -hmm. thrown through a chair metaphorically speaking that's kind of what's happening Mm -hmm. to them and and we just don't uh, and we did see a moment where Harlan had blocked the railroad tracks. Like they literally, you'll, you'll see a, a thing where they're all gathered around the railroad and it says, no, no pay, pay we, stay. we stay. That was a couple of years ago. That's an actual thing that happened. I remember that happening. That was, uh, uh, they they closed the mine and just never paid anybody. And, we're trying to, if and, I remember correctly, they were trying to take product out of the mine. Exactly. They were trying to sneak coal down the, those, because they have those railroad lines in that part of the world that just kind of go to one mine. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you block that line, they can't get the coal out of there. So they literally just camped out on that coal, on that train line for weeks to get those people to make good on their payroll so that, so that they could eat and live. And it's just a lot. I have a, a friend who worked on that case. And just some of the things that he was allowed to say to me privately about it uh, was, I mean, just like absolutely mind-blowing. Absolutely mind-blowing. And just kind of no excuse at all for for something like that to happen in a multi-billion dollar industry. You can't pay your guys. Like, that's just unbelievable. Yeah. It makes me sick. And uh, perfectly scored again from the soundtrack, this time with Rolf with the Changes by REO Speedwagon. So just and yeah, it's what wrestling's about, and that's what mountain people got to do too. Is roll with the roll with him changes. Got cash. I'm sorry, Brian. I just was going to say you got to roll with it or get rolled over, man. That is that is just the long how it works. And the short of it. it. So then we cut to I, I guess we start with kind of everyday Kentucky and family life, and then we spend a few minutes looking in on the family life of a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. Uh, we get. Uh, 
cash flow at home with his wife and kids. And, and his wife, Angela, is just becoming one of my favorite characters. Yeah. I really like her a lot. And I, uh, love, I love this uh, <laughs> Crixus and Malabali Shira meal prepping with each other. Anytime that they're together, like just can such we strange get, bedfellows. Can we yeah. get them in a house and do the odd couple? Just da, 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 da. Well, and I just want to know like what they talk about other than wrestling. You know, like and how they understand each other. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's just like it really is kind of it's 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 adorable. It's like so bromancy, like bromancy, like. epic, bro, <laughs> epic international bromance. It's yeah, awesome. there needs to be like a buddy comedy or something. It's awesome. I could watch them. I could watch them as their own show, just hanging out. And so, uh, but yeah, we got we got uh, cash flow at home. We got uh, Crixus and. Uh, him hanging, Sheer hanging out. We got we got Haley waxing. Uh, Darkstorm playing with her child. Yeah, and Jesse Jesse uh, Jesse Goddard as well playing with his kid. My favorite oh, yeah. part of this whole episode, He's I think, has it. to be uh, Mister Pectacular trimming his trees while still on the Segway. I love it. As soon as I saw that, <laughs> I just died laughing because it's like talk about living living, living the gimmick. The tree, living yeah. the gimmick. In, in, I, and I just, uh, on a personal level, Brian, I'd like to thank you for being the one to bring that up this time so I don't have to bring up the scooter every time I see it. Oh, no. I am low-key um, obsessed with the scooter, but I am not going to, like, you know, I want to ride the scooter. I want to ride the scooter. I mean, sure, of course I want well, to ride the scooter. both of us have that bit, that'd be Everybody weird. wants to ride the scooter. It's like Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Everybody wants to ride it, but... There he is, out there with it, you know, living the dream, cutting the trees. He's a lumberjack, and he's okay. That's come up before. So, at this point, we kind of cut to Matt, and we kind of stay with Matt for most of the rest of this episode. I think we go to the wrestlers a little, but mostly when we come back to the wrestlers, they're talking about Matt and kind of how much they can't stand him for various reasons. So, kind of a hard episode for Matt. We start with him on a date. At Lexington's finest esta- meal establishment, they they tell me, uh, Jeff Ruby's. Matt got his new haircut that he got by putting a colander over his head. And... <laughs> wow, <laughs> I, mean, I love you, Matt. I but... do too. I do too. And I would say it if you were here. So please come on the show. Please come on the show. Yes. Please. Well, even come on Norma the show. Smith, the date, you can come on the show. We'll talk to you. Yeah, that, that, that might actually be a better interview. We might get a word in edgewise. Apparently, she loves. Because she didn't get one in this whole date, I don't think. Not really. She got to say she loves Ric Flair. Yeah. So, big que- biggest question for me from this is uh, do we think Norma actually likes wrestling at all? No. 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 I agree. Yeah, that's, a, that's three no's. Also, I did want to point out matt you got to get a new date idea because you took your last girlfriend to ovw show loser horn yeah come on you gotta gotta change it up every every once in a while at least he did jeff ruby's only get takes you so far friend at least he didn't take her to ks bar that (laughs) i owe this i'm actually surprised that i wondered about that i'm actually totally surprised in in this uh fledgling relationship do they make it to ks bar and we talk about that and I don't hey, think we see nice. this girl again, actually. Yeah, I don't think uh, she saw him either after this. No. So what you're saying is it wasn't a love connection then? I don't believe that they had a lot in common. Hmm. And there is the most out-of-context moment at the end of this date scene. that uh, I, So I listened to KSR the day after Matt when they actually talked about it, and they go on and on about this. Uh, when they catch Matt out of context saying, Look at that cake! And it, it sort of implies maybe that he's talking about the girl being pretty. Looking at some other cake. Uh, is yeah, he talking maybe, about eating cake? Like, yeah, see, uh, there it was. Look at that cake. Yeah, Aaron Ryder. No, he's literally looking at a piece of cake. Because mm. apparently Jeff Ruby's does huge and impressive pieces of cake. So, again, so I'm told. I, I have never been to I, Jeff I did, Ruby's. I've driven the by there. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, you know. So, yeah. If, and, if they want to sponsor us, they're uh, great. Um, yes, please. We, we'd be more than happy to, to take your money. It's no St. Elmo's, I'll put it that way. Hmm. No, St. Elmo's is fire. And yeah, in Indianapolis, best, best uh, steakhouse I've ever been to. So continuing with the Matt theme, we now go to Matt in his 
arguably his most comfortable environment, sitting with the hosts of KSR, talking about UK football uh, and everything going on with him. They just stopped talking and took the headphones off on video, and I almost did the same. That's how much of a follower I am. Uh, but, yeah, so they, they show us at KS Bar. He talks here a little bit about... You know, he did the website, and then he got bored, and then he did the radio show, and he got bored, and he did the restaurant, and he got bored, and now he's doing OVW, and he's not gotten bored yet because he's still figuring it out. Oh, that was great. The name of country in North or South America? North America. That is not a country. And then he even repeated it. He doubled down. He really did. I think Name Matt, a country in North, Central, or South America. North America. Wrong. I think Matt gave was trying to give him a chance to walk that back. Yeah, he was. And the guy was like, nope, nope I'm doubling I'm down. So confident. So <laughs> See, the, the people who, who are confident shouldn't be. That is uh, yeah. Dunning-Kruger, I believe. Don't talk bad about me like that. Hmm. So uh, we go to a bunch of – then we cut to a bunch of the different stops on this tour – all uh, uh, musified, made into a music video uh, with uh, Rolling in My Sweet Baby's Arms, which is a classic bit of bluegrass mm-hmm. uh, to cover all these because we're in Harrodsburg, we're in Pulaski County, uh, we're doing a couple different things in Louisville the, the, at a brewing company and at a bar in Louisville, a couple different places, and then we end up... Oh, and uh, they kind of cut into this to that we, we get into... Uh, Jake Lawless, and we want to say as we get into this segment that we we fully support uh, Jake, and we certainly hope he is doing well. I, I'm. Do we know? Is he wrestling now? Do we know? I believe he's in Tennessee. He's centralized out of Tennessee now. Ah, so yeah, we certainly wish him the best, and we we hope you know he he gets and stays in recovery. And uh, yeah, good and, luck, brother. Yeah. No matter how you, no matter what you're addicted to or how you get to addiction. It's a serious thing. Like, take yeah. care, take care of yourself, guys. I, I uh, want to want to say that as a personal um, thing. Like, people care about you. Go get help. Do your thing. Seriously. And and you know they they have the scene uh, a little later on where Jake is detoxing and it's rough. And you know what's funny is as rough as that scene was, it, it's also kind of familiar mm-hmm. because I have I have been around more than one person detoxing off of these things. But just because I'm from Kentucky and no Kentuckians, and you know, I don't know that I, I I find putting pills up your nose to be disgusting and weird, and I could all the foul noises they make. But Some, sometimes heart, you don't have a choice. No, and it's you know? it's a lot. Yeah, and, and can we talk about the fact that this somehow this was all Matt's fault? Like somehow they were all you know the problem was that Matt was mad about it. I I think that this is kind of an interesting snapshot of wrestling because it has been so insulated for such a long time that things really did get shoved under the rug, things like this. Maybe you go away for a little bit, you get your stuff right in your back, nobody really judges, nobody really has anything to say. But when it becomes corporate, you can't do that. Yeah, Matt has made it corporate, for better or worse. Yeah, yeah. It's a whole different set of rules. I mean, to liken it to another, you know, very famous wrestling story, the plane ride from hell. Oh, yeah. That was normal stuff. In fact, what people think is the plane ride from hell is actually probably like five or six different plane rides that everyone is so messed up on that they think it's all just one ride. Right. Um, But that's, that's kind of the most instantly recognizable story in the history of wrestling is like now that there's real money behind this thing, now that there's real corporate interest behind this thing, the rules have changed, and uh, it just seems like not all of the wrestlers on the OVW roster were as ready for that change after Matt Jones got involved as um, they should have been. So this is a very serious moment, but I, I do want to take just a moment and talk about the fact that at one point Haley J turns to a fan in one of these shows and says, oh yeah, spell boo, and they just kind of <laughs> look down. That I laughed for five solid, I had to pause it, I laughed so hard at that. But yes, uh, and let me ask you guys: You got do do we think that it really was Matt who had the problem? Do we think Al would have just kind of let this go if Matt could have been if we hadn't had to tell Matt about it? I think he would have rehabbed it in a different way than Matt did. 
I agree. Um, I, I, I think that the instant he's gone, he's gone is maybe not where Matt or where Al would have jumped to immediately. Um, and you can even kind of tell he's not looking forward to having this conversation. Well, then on the other hand, he did say in the old days, if this would have happened, you're done. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah, he does but say that later it, on. It, it ain't the old days. Right. So I I agree with you. I think he would have handled the situation differently, but uh, it, we don't have anything but what we actually watched uh, everybody go through. Well, and I right. wonder if when he was doing it, if he had already wrestled or if he was going to wrestle. It's a good question because if he that, was hurt. that makes a big, big difference too. I mean, even back in the 70s and 80s when guys were partying, in between every town they spent more time partying than they did wrestling the bit one of the big no-nos is you cannot be intoxicated so maybe well, that, that even comes up earlier with Haley. yeah 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 she gets she gets in trouble as well for just weed so yeah but you're trusting somebody with your life you yeah can, you, absolutely so it's very very important that you're not intoxicated when you go out to wrestle and so I don't know. You, you guys know you, you're both bigger wrestling fans than me. I'm, I'm, I enjoy wrestling, but I'm not a, a fan on either of your old level. But it seems to me that the bumps they have to take and the abuse they have to that they inflict really upon themselves. How does every wrestler not become addicted to pain pills for all the hurt they put themselves through? It's just a different time now. <laughs> I guess once upon a time, maybe they did. Once upon a time, that was yeah. just kind of what you did. Um, you just get through it. But, it's, I mean, this is just rough because the kid knows he messed up. And mm-hmm. uh, it's you never want to see a, a, a grown person cry. It's no. hard to watch grown people cry. And yeah. you've got to love Maria in this moment, oh, too. She's she really... Definite um, mom mode. Very yeah. maternal. She is yeah. our den mother for this weird group of Cub Scouts, to be sure. And again, she, but she's the one who's like, you know, this is all Matt Jones' fault. I think that, I don't think she 100% says that, but I think no, that I'm, she. No, I'm paraphrasing to be sure. Well, and it, it goes back to the, Matt doesn't have a lot of respect with these people right now, and Al has all of it. Right. Um, so. Yeah. It's kind of changed the dynamic of all their interrelationships. Yeah. It's like, okay. If this were to have happened before Matt entered the picture, it would probably be... Well, and it's just easy to say, oh, this is Matt's fault because he's new. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, he's the, the scapegoat, the well, new he's guy. the outsider. New kid in town. It's, yeah. easy to, it's easy to go after the outsider. But yeah, just you can feel this, this frustration with Matt building throughout this whole episode, and it kind of starts with this. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, yeah, they... they so they drive, you know, Maria drives him home in her brand new SUV, and, and you know, they're all pissed at Matt for, for, you know, not wanting someone on drugs at the wrestling match. Don't do drugs, kids. Uh, then we cut to Cashflow, and Cashflow is apparently just the leader of the, the, re- of the, of the locker, room. locker room. There's the word I was looking for. Leader of the lockers is Cashflow. And you got to love that. Like, that man, he's my age. I cannot imagine... Taking, I, I sit around now that we do this, and I think about taking one bump. It's like, could I let them knock me to the ground and roll out of it? Do I have it in me for that? And to watch him do the things he does is just, just impressive. Yeah, quite. I Sometimes. won't say the D word. <laughs> uh, I mean, the guy's been doing it for a long time too, and he's not. He doesn't pull punches. He he does top rope maneuvers. He does like. Well, he was a hardcore guy for years, wasn't he? Yeah, IWA Mid-South, kind of the um, company that he received a majority of his training from, was known early 2000s, mid-2000s as, like, the premier hardcore promotion in America. And it's great because, you know, he's, he's talking to all of them, and, you know, you guys aren't doing the little jobs, you're not helping us set up the ring, whatever else needs to happen during, for these shows, and then we, the camera finds him in a moment where he's just vacuuming the floor. Just, you know, no one looking at him. He's just busy. Just trying to clean up the place. Which illustrates the point that, you know, he wasn't just saying. He was, like, backing it up. He wasn't just talking the talk. He was walking the walk, too. Mm -hmm. And he just happened to have a a sweeper. Yeah. Also got to love that they have to tell everybody to wash their gear. 
Oh, that, that's that's and hilarious. Got you know, these guys are used to wrestling maybe a couple times a week. Now they're out on the road five days a week. Gear gets stanky quickly. Quickly. Oh yeah, yeah. matter of minutes. Seconds. Yeah, my my clothes get stanky, and the only sweaty thing I do is getting up and walking to the kitchen for a snack. So, you know, <laughs> if somebody threw me off the top rope, I bet I'd be a little sweaty too. Sure. So then, uh, with that, we we we're. So they're kind of sticking with the notion of, of wrestling being an addiction, or at least they come back to it. Because yeah. we start with Jake, him detoxing again. We talked already about that. We do get a little context from his partner, Heather, who explains that he lo- they lost one of their twins in childbirth and that apparently that sent him down a spiral of depression and anxiety, which is completely understandable. Oh yeah, and then you know when you take a job that you, where you have a job that you get hurt for a living. I mean, just put that. I, I just can't. I mean, I know I brought it up before. I just can't get past it that their job is to get hurt for a living, and that they're expected not to self medicate. Yeah, self medicate. They think they they say that a bump is basically like getting hit by a thirty five mile an hour car. Sounds about right. And you're doing that twenty five times, thirty times in a matter of. 12 minutes. I mean, I took Kung Fu uh, martial arts, like, as an adult when I was, like, 20. So this was 20 years ago. But, you know, when and I, when you take it with an – when you take that kind of thing with adults rather than when you're a kid, mm-hmm. they can hit you. So, you know, I, we used to say – that's where we used to go to learn to kill on Sundays. Cause, and we would hit each other and knock each other down a lot. And it was a lot – I mean – that's the closest that I have in my experience to what they're doing. And I used to go home from that hurt. And, you know, I was 20 years old. I could take it back then. And I just can't imagine. Maybe someday I'll get in the right shape and, and I can take a bump or two. Well, and then these guys do it, pack their stuff up, go to the next place to do it again the next night. And just keep at it. And just keep at it. And yeah. that's the only choice that a lot of these, you know, independent wrestlers have is not making money if they're not hitting books. They're not getting their name out there if they're not hitting bookings. And... They don't have any other choice than to wake up in the morning and just go do the thing again. Or either that or go work at McDonald's or something, yeah, which nobody wants give to Give up on give probably it up. their dream that they've had since they were a child. Yeah, because wrestling is an addiction. That is the, the whole theme of this section. So we go from Jake and, his, his, and, from Jake and Heather and their very sad little moment. And, you know, your heart goes out to them. But then we see... Uh, we see uh, Layla this, Gray and Sir. This certain... scene right here, man. Oh, with oh the yeah, kid we're on yeah. the opposite couch, and he's. That is what someone who is coming off of opioids. I mean. Yeah, I've seen. I have had that person, person on my couch yeah, more than once. It's not Luke currently. I've had per, yeah people on my couch going through it, and it's. Mm-hmm. This was. I know that you had emotional moments during this show, but this was the closest that I had come just from. Seeing it again and seeing it on TV um, after having kind of lived it uh, yeah. firsthand is is um, it's rough, man. Well, it's rough. and it's and and it's a thing, and it it makes it rougher because when when you're us, when you're from this part of the world, it's not that we've seen this once. It's not that we've yeah. seen it twice. We've seen it a dozen times, and usually, and a lot of times, it ends up worse because the people die. Yeah, yeah. and it's just. Call somebody. Seriously, guys, call somebody if you're dealing yeah. with, with uh, anything like that. People Harm reduction. Mind. People love you. Call somebody. Call me. My number's out there. Go find <laughs> it. So, but, but, and then they, they take some pains to kind of show that everybody is paying a price to do this. They, they, we go around the horn. We start at Layla and, and uh, Layla Gray and Certified Luke Curse, who basically either one of them would be homeless if they didn't have the other to kind of lean on. Mm-hmm. And we go to Manny Domingo, who hasn't seen his kids in three months. That one hurt. And his one is 15 and playing football, and his dad doesn't get to go watch him play football. And his little girl is eight years old, and, you know, Maria can't pay the bills of wrestling anymore, so she's got to manage a Holiday Inn. And, and Ryan is – oh, Ryan is not British. You remember I, I, uh, yeah, I thought I, British I, Ryan was British, and then I know oh, and that, well, that's a Midwestern accent if I've ever heard one. So that was that was interesting to find out. Not really, and he does meal prep for a living, which is weird. Does he just like 
cook people's dinners and take it to them? Is that like one step beyond? I think that's a question that we need to ask Ryan we need once to, again. That's we need to two, get Ryan from Rocket on here and ask him about meal Two prep. episodes we need to ask questions about. No kidding. And then Freya, that was Freya the Slayer who sold her house, right? Yes. Yes. That's what I thought. That is, that's commitment. It's dedication. Like, I, I'm going to trade my, 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 my thing that builds equity for a rolling trailer. Holy crap. And a shot. And a shot. And a shot. And a dream. And, and just how. Just. Just. Yeah, that's all in. Yeah. It's all the way in. It's. I mean, I'm not that deep in on this podcast. <laughs> this is just. I got a. You know, I got a day job tomorrow. So I, I just. I, mad respect. Frey the Slayer. And all of these people. And then we get back more of Crixus and Shira, my favorite segment on the this new, thing. The new bromance, baby. The, the, the oddest couple, the international odd couple. Every time they're together, it's just a word that I will not say because they will say drink if I do. Delightful. Drink. That's the one. <laughs> so, yeah, they, uh, the, the, so they go through all of this and everybody making their costumes and... and you know, worrying about money and, and, and sacrificing. And then we see them go to Bullet County, to Hillview, which is apparently uh, Cash Flow's hometown. Mm-hmm. And they had the field on the baseball. Now, I heard from Matt Jones because I, I watched K, I listened to KSR when he discussed this, as I said. Um, and apparently it had been raining and there was all sorts of stuff. But this was the one event this summer where they charged ticket, they charged admission. And did not, or didn't have any other kind of sponsor. Like Country Boy, I guess they charged admission there. But most of these shows were free. This was one where they, A, did not have a sponsor, and B, did charge, and they got like 60 bucks out of it. Yeah. So, kind of a problem. And, you know, that's where we're... Um, I did notice that in this whole thing, when, when we come back to Cash Flow again, and he's talking about death matches and all of his... Uh, all of his background that he's done. I noticed Cashflow was the exception that he do, he seems to understand what Matt is up to and seems to have some at least respectful things to say about Matt even at this phase. Well, tying into Cashflow's history again, IWA Mid South where he came up through was run by one of like the most notorious rotten douchebags in the history of the wrestling business. So I bet that Cashflow probably didn't even make five bucks for. A show. I bet the first two years he was wrestling, uh, Ian Rotten's just kind of like a—he's rotten. He's a bad guy in the history of the business. It's right there in the name. So it's, it's not right, just a clever it's name. It's not just a clever name. Um, so, I—I <laughs> I guarantee from starting where he started to seeing like, oh well, people are actually coming and paying for the show now, or we're actually drawing you know people to the arena or people to their live events now. I bet Cashflow has nothing to complain about. No, that is true. I mean, Matt, the, the, I, I, I assume you guys were there. I, I was not as involved in this. You guys actually went to some of these shows. Is it true that they, they had much better attendance than they might have expected otherwise in these shows? Do we feel like the KSR effect did, in fact, help them build an audience in these? No, no doubt in my mind. Yeah, that Country Boy Brewing show that uh, they put a lot of... Uh into episode season two that place was packed like we got there a little bit late and uh we were afraid that we weren't going to be able to see anything because we were going to have to fight so many people to get to a good spot but wow, uh, even the spectators got a fight at an ovw show yeah i mean there were chairs and and everything and well and they, how it is. They, they were turning people away from that show because they had to move it inside last minute right so they, it was supposed to be outdoor they, and then it rained they could have fit Lord knows how many more people. Which is actually why I didn't come to that show because I, it was raining and Matt had already said, "If it rains, we got to move indoors and there won't be much space." And I'm like, "That sounds like a lot." It sounds like something I don't want to deal with. Yeah, that's. Uh, it sounds like I'm going to stay here and uh, relax, Haley Gray style or Haley J style. Um, so yeah, we go into a, a meeting and Matt is talking about the low turnout at Bullet County and apparently, and I remember this when this happened, Reverend Ronnie did a little bit of a sketch in Harlan County 
not realizing that they take their Bible way seriously in Harlan County, Kentucky. They love them some Jesus. They love them some Jesus. And they, love, they love getting worked, too, apparently. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. they, they do get worked well. Yeah, they got worked. If, you're getting, if, you, if you got so mad that you lost a guy a booking at the next show in the next town over, you got worked, Harlan County. I mean, seriously. They, they were in it. And uh, so, and, I've, and apparently, the the arrest of of Jake Lawless did, you know, because he was arrested for his for sniffing the Lord tab, and and that's what triggered the whole detox thing. And apparently, that finding out about that arrest cost the OVW a, a regional sponsor in a a vodka product, which, as my day job is somewhat of a competitor with them, we will not name. No. Uh, but but uh, they were there, and then they weren't. And maybe we'll take their place at some point. That's exactly what I was thinking. So, and uh, the last thing before we get to kind of the, the, the final thing is that they're at the, the St. Paul, and this is where Rev loses his loses his next booking because of the Harlan thing. Right. Because the ch- the Catholic Church was like, well, we don't want that noise here. What are you talking about? No, they just were drinking the whole time and yeah, know, doing Catholic things. Catholic, yeah, and you know the the show. I, I kept expecting somebody to bring up the fact that Reverend Ronnie is a a little bit more melanily gifted than say people in Harlan or even Catholics in Louisville. And I'm surprised that I, I I wonder if that might if if you know I had gone and done the same sketch as Reverend Ron, would they have been as mad at me? I don't believe so. There still is, thankfully, not very much at OVW shows. I'm sure that there to a certain degree still is at OVW shows. But anytime you go to a wrestling show, you're you're gonna hear somebody say something uh, inappropriate inappropriate based on someone's appearance appearance. Yeah. So Matt at the uh, the the Catholic, yeah. Unfortunately, we we don't. As someone who is rather funny looking himself, I certainly don't support it. So when we're at the uh, the St. Paul Festival there in Louisville, Matt is talking to a, a female performer, a woman a woman wrestler, and is trying to convince her to come and be more active. Do you guys know who that was? They never really said her name, and I believe that they gave her name as Caitlin, but I don't remember her from. OVW at this time. I'm, I'm sure I just missed her, um, but she apparently, I guess, wasn't around for a lot, uh, very long. Apparently, time. yeah, she apparently did not choose to take Matt up on his his request that they, she be there more often. And this is another thing where Maria talking to that lady afterwards, it's all Matt's fault somehow. Mm-hmm. I and will bear him every fucking chance I get. That, I that believe it, yes. was the the. Uh, I tried to leave oh, in the yeah. notes. I did try to leave out the expletive, but Jackman brought it back. <laughs> Sorry. And so yeah, at the at the Catholic event, everybody hated Matt. And when we get to the Davis Arena, coming up on uh, everybody hates Matt even more. And uh, we get Eric Darkstorm once again saying Matt talks down to him, and Al seems to agree. And I, I honestly, so mostly what I see here, what I see of Matt is the radio persona, and you know, radio persona Matt doesn't really suffer fools lightly mm-hmm. you know you can't come up and well i think that they're going to win 150 games no now you just stop right there he will stop you and he will correct you if you say something that he finds ridiculous immediately and i think he was having a little bit of his own persona bleeding through now that i think about it a little mm-hmm. like his radio that they were he was sort of using his radio persona on them and it's yeah, it, it's a lot to take, especially in real life. And, and, yeah, he's probably lucky he didn't get popped in the mouth at some point in those early days, I think really. Is th- this is the episode where Al says it flat out. You will, If you talk to these people like this, you will probably get physically, physically assaulted. Physically assaulted, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and in fact, yeah, we're coming up to Matt and Amon talking, and, and the, the thing about the well, what's on the card, and Matt saying, we'll get it to you when we get it to you, and Amon is like, well, you don't know how to do this, and then some they are. Some good old Facebook drama. Some good old, some literally in a Facebook group. Yes. Just just adorable. And then, the, you know, Amon calls up Matt and says something, uh, either, you know, I heard that you were having these issues and I can help you, or I understand why you're having these issues because you're an asshole, kind of depending on who you ask. A little bit of he said, she said, said there. She said. And, uh, you know, and Matt taking uh, 
it's like I'm done speaking with you. Just I'm I'm over it completely apparently. So yeah, that was the end of that phone conversation. He said, "Don't contact me anymore," or whatever it was. He said he was done. One, two, three. He's done. Yeah, definitely. And then you know everybody is and and they we we cut to Amon and the and some other wrestlers. I think uh, my favorite is Star Rider, who I've seen several times in this thing in his mask and glasses. Yes, which makes which is somebody else say the word. The commitment to the gimmick in in amongst all of these guys, whether it's Star Rider and glasses or spectacular, uh, always being on his scooter is yeah. delightful. It is in fact delightful. <laughs> Drink. Thank you. Uh, so, and, and so yeah, they're all talking there. Amon and, and and Star Rider, I think, and a few others, and they they call Matt. They literally use the phrase "a ticking time bomb," and then dramatically we cut to historic Davis Arena in the rain, just sort of setting up where we're going in this third act. Oh, really? I missed that part. I didn't go back and watch episode three uh, twice. I just watched it the first time through, and uh, so I, had, I had to stop. I, afterwards, I didn't go straight into episode yeah. four. I yeah. definitely felt like there was a a pause moment to like just kind of absorb catch your breath. Yeah, catch your breath and uh, just kind of digest what you just watched. Yeah, it's it's pretty dramatic when you actually watch it. I had to watch, so I watched wrestlers the first time on my phone because my household internet was down yesterday. And I was just, I had to get it watched. So I was, I just had it on my, I just noticed she's wearing an OnlyFans shirt. Well, it's actually an Only only, flow. only hands shirt. Yeah, oh, that, oh, that's oh right. like a wrestling shirt. Okay, yeah, like you'll catch these hands. A cash flow gimmick hand, or gimmick shirt. You gave me your coughs. Uh, so yeah, they're, they're talking and, and we get into this, uh, we get into the, the, the final segment here. Where this has all been boiling and boiling and Matt, they're in a meeting right there at Davis Arena, basically sitting right in front of the hard camera. Uh, just the other side of the snack bar, if you've been there. And, you know, they're talking about Courtesy Actor is coming up. That, that'll that be a bright spot later on. That is a great show, and th- that dude is hilarious. I was, at, I was at that show. It was a very, very fun that night. So, and then we, you know, the, the Amon conversation, and you can, you can feel Matt's, like, so I was a kid who was bullied. I don't know about the two of you. I was bullied. People, you know, I was fat growing up, and everybody felt the need to point it out to me. So... I could see in, in Matt there, at least I, I felt like, when he's talking about this and how these wrestlers, and, you know, we've now seen every wrestler on the roster say that he's a, P, you know, he's a POS or whatever in various ways, and you can see that this is just weighing on him. You can see the weight kind of on his shoulders as he's talking about this, and he's like, I'm, I'm not going to pay for somebody else to, to be here if they're going to talk to me like this. And Well, um, the guy's kind of used to having things come easy for him not saying that he hasn't put in a lot of work over the course of his life because he certainly has i mean he passed the bar but this is and now he owns one the the guy the guy the guy succeeds in almost everything he does and this is probably you know but this is very different and these are probably kinds of people that he does not normally interact with at Mm -hmm. least until he got into this moment until he got into this deal so, but yeah, you can feel it and feel it. And, and Doug Basham, bless his heart, kind of says, you know, well, Matt, why don't we, why don't you let kind of Al kind of handle this stuff for you? Why don't you, you know, let, let, let Al coordinate. And then when we cut back to Matt, he is just right in the middle of a seizure. Just hard to watch. And it, at first I really didn't know what was happening. I, no, thought, I didn't either. I thought he was kind of just. Uh, so I knew re- this. Was I thought he was kind of being, being, you know, making a face as if to write Doug Basham on, you know, roll, kind of rolling oh, his eyes, eyes or yeah. something like that at first. But then and, he repeats it like and three then you times. Realize, yeah, you realize, oh no, something is wrong. wrong. And to their credit, the camera crew they pull back. Yeah. We don't hear Matt anymore, even though he still respectful. he still might. But they were very respectful and. So I knew it was coming. Like, I knew a year ago when it happened. Like, he came on the radio show and talked about it. Mm-hmm. So I have known this whole time it was coming. We have talked about it. He's been nervous about it. He actually does PSAs for uh, epilepsy, epilepsy awareness on his show now because of it. So 
and even with all that, like, so... To, to see someone kind of who carries himself the way that he does and is kind of as proud as he is... And, and larger than life, too. Yeah, and not saying proud in a negative way at all. To, Earned. To see, to see them lose kind of all facility. All control, yeah. And then the the immediate react his immediate reaction is i'm fine i'm fine and you yeah. he, he sounds like he's a fifth of vodka deep when yeah he's, talking. he's like i'm gonna drive home very clearly not yeah, fine not yeah and you know what's funny is he was already in kind of a vulnerable place he was mm-hmm. in the middle of that meeting and you know they they have laid this out such that he seems like he is besieged on all sides at this moment and you know, and he is he is kind of at his wits' end, and then he literally goes beyond his wits' end. Yeah, I'm and glad that you just... bring that up, Brian. You said that uh, he was vulnerable in this meeting, meeting, and uh, that's kind of how I felt about it. I mean, I don't listen to KSR uh, regularly. I mm-hmm. if it's on, I'll listen. If not, uh, you, you know. sometimes go to the live shows. I sometimes go on. to the live shows. I enjoy them. I I enjoy when I listen, but it's not something that I regularly listen to on a on a daily basis or weekly basis. So I wasn't aware of this. I didn't know that this was coming. Well, I'm glad I didn't spoil it for you. At some I point. I appreciate that, and I no nothing. So he's in that room after seeing everything else that had gone on during this um this episode, and to see him get to that point, like. That's literally a, a breaking point. I mean, he literally, yeah, he broke. Yeah. Um, you could not be any more vulnerable on camera than you are in that moment. And it, I, you know, I didn't know it was going to be there. And now that it is, uh, if that were me, would I want a uh, health scare like that on you international know, in the, television? On international television as part of an idea that I pitched to Netflix. I probably would not, but at the same time, you know, that vulnerability um, lies also great strength. Yes. You know, showing yeah, your vulnerable. Being able to vulnerable. be vulnerable and, and operate in that kind of a mode is, yes. Yes, is powerful when you do it. it quite. And uh, so, yeah, and oh, there is one more story. We're, we're, we're pretty much at the end of the episode here. Uh, but there is one story that I got from KSR the, when they talked about the series on KSR that I do want to share. So we see uh, Doug and somebody, somebody's driving Matt home. I'm not sure who that was who actually got in the driver's seat. But I know. I can't remember. I know Doug Basham follow, was going to follow them so that they could bring that guy back. Right. So they just said, you know, we're, we're going to take Matt home. So Doug apparently didn't bother to question, thought that home for Matt was Lexington. And was to midway before he heard any different. So, on, so just on, and and think about it. You know, Doug's just in a meeting, just in a business meeting with a boss that he doesn't like, that he's frustrated by, who then has a medical episode, and that man just volunteers to make a two and a half hour drive well, without sure. question. Just that's, that's what good solid folks do, yeah. and Kentucky's full of them. Whether you're from here or whether you end up here. Well, and it just it's. It's a dedication to to the to OBW to the wrestling business is to put it you know to say in this moment I have to do even though I'm upset with this guy I might not like him he just had a, a horrible situation happen to him and what's best for him and what's best for OBW right now is that I do this without any hesitation. Well, yeah, just that and you know the instinctive the human compassion you know danger is here and you know this is what you do when you're in a situation like this that you didn't plan on being in and you know couldn't have handled it any more professionally or um you know man to man just person to person that's somebody you want somebody you want working for you right yes Mm -hmm. so that's a testament to him yes yeah absolutely so yeah and i I wanted to share that because they don't quite they don't make it they don't make that doesn't make it to the show this is the kind of thing you can only get here on podcasters unless you know, you listen to KSR, I guess. So, yeah, that's pretty much the end of episode three, and we have reached our lowest moment here in this series. Uh, you know, the wrestlers means, are frustrated. Yeah, it's all uphill it's from all here. all uphill from here. And things get, hopefully things get better from here, you know, without spoiling too much. We're still in for a few pretty emotional episodes. 
Oh, oh there yeah, is one definitely. more thing that I just realized we didn't say, and I want to very briefly touch on it. The fact that there's all of this, there's a whole, at the end, with the, when they're showing how angry all the wrestlers are at Matt, whole thing about money and them not getting paid in a timely manner, which I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. But Matt makes the point that previous to him and Greg buying this promotion, wrestlers mostly didn't get paid at I all. I noticed that. It was basically a volunteer gig, and then, you know, that I think that was part of his frustration was, you know, I'm trying to do the right thing here, and, you know, I'm just getting shit on for it, basically. Yeah, so. I mean, you've got you to gotta pay the talent. This oh, is, sure. This is how, and, you know, I, I wonder if there's a little bit of uh, hyperbole to people weren't getting paid. Uh, maybe I would it imagine was it was people that people weren't getting paid very much or on time or on time. Yeah, maybe they maybe I, I assume the OVW was waiting on a payment from somebody like for one of these events. They were waiting to get a check and then they could pay people out of that. But mm-hmm. how do I you know, I have no idea. But uh, so, yeah, that's that's the last thing I kind of had. Do you guys have anything else we want to and get out of this really sad episode about defeat and drugs and disease and. No, it's terrible. It's no. A sad episode. It is. Really is. I'm gonna go home and uh, but, listen to. I mean, like we, I didn't mean to interrupt, but like we said before, I mean, you can't have the bad. T- you can't have the good times without the bad times. You can't have the baby face without the heel. And this was definitely the heel of the seven episode arc, in my opinion. If we go back to the very first image of the of the series, Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, I guess this is the moment where Hulkster, the second time his arm falls. Yeah, okay, that's a pretty good analogy. I like to stick with wrestling analogies. Well, uh, fair enough. It's a wrestling podcast. Coming back up, shaking the hand. Yep, shaking it. He's still the champ. So, excited. Oh, and uh, Amon actually has a degree in social work. That's interesting. Uh, Yeah, I noticed that. That does color that. He seems like an incredibly well-measured person. He does not look like a demon to see him talking. No, No, in in real life, no, he does not. He looks like a tax accountant. <laughs> kind of looks like uh, the he he's into apples and stereo. I bet he definitely is. Yeah, that's kind of what he, he looks like. All right, so I guess this will bring us to the end. Uh, tomorrow we will get to episode four, or is this four? The episode five. This is epi- five. This is episode this is three. Four. Oh, this is three. So we got oh, to get to yeah, four. So yeah, three. The, yeah, three so is the magic number. Yeah. Everybody See, knows there's, that. There's the rain. Um, but yeah, so we will get to that and, uh, we are excited to come back and, and start building this towards its epic conclusion. And it definitely has an epic conclusion. So stick with us in the meantime for Brian Hines. He is thumbing himself. Yeah, that's right, baby. And Jackman Oaks. That's me. I am Tiny Brian. And Podcasters, the unofficial wrestlers after show, is presented by the OVW Podcast, the unofficial podcast of Ohio Valley Wrestling. Podcasters is produced by Blacklight Moon Productions at Nuthouse Studios in Lexington, Kentucky. Our studio engineer and editor is Malachi Woodard. Executive producer is Tiny Brian K. Woodard. Senior producer for The Blimp is Victor Anderson. And your OVW Podcast broadcast team is Jackman Oates and Brian Hines. Please be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or your YouTube videos. Rate us five stars. Give us a review, a thumbs up, a subscribe, a follow. Whatever they got, give it to us. And follow us at OBW Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, X, TikTok, Y, June, whatever they're calling social media networks these days. Follow us there. And until next time, folks, I am Tiny Brian reminding you to beware of rabbits. They eat carrots. Love you guys. Wherever you go, there you are. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.